Time of day, one o'clock, somewhere in Las Vegas, which means it's time for the What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Common Sense Conservatism, 1 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. Friends, something fascinating occurred yesterday. I got to share this with you. I don't know if you remember this Rebecca Jones character down in Florida. She was the data scientist. They came forward during the uh, COVID era, uh, and she was the one who was a, a state numbers person, comes forward and to great media fanfare, claims that DeSantis is cooking the books, that down in Florida they are misrepresenting, underreporting COVID deaths and, uh, and infection rates. And if you remember how this whole thing uh, played out, ultimately it resulted in her arrest because she had, I, I think she'd accessed some uh, computer systems that she was not uh, entitled to access. And it turned out, by the way, that everything that she presented and all of her accusations were, were completely debunked. Now, you would think, you would think that Ms. Jones would learn her lesson but no, yesterday, Ms. Jones went on Twitter, and uh, I, by these tweets, they, they went mega viral about her son being dragged away by DeSantis cops in Florida from their home after posting, I guess he posted a harmless meme. She put the meme up about uh, basically criticizing law enforcement, had a you know, th- that was the gist of the of the meme, and said that these cops had, had had accused her son of threatening to shoot up a school, and so they dragged him off away from the house and uh, and and cuffed him and 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 you know, just has no idea where he is. Now, this I was following. This happened. I noticed this right around uh, I don't know five or so in the in the afternoon yesterday after the show had already concluded. So I. I didn't react to it yesterday, but I was following. I woke up this morning, and it turns out that everything this woman said in these tweets was a total fabrication. Turns out that her son, and I saw the video, was (laughs) they didn't drag him from, from their house. This lady, this Rebecca Jones character, and her husband turned their son in. To the police station, there's video of them walking into their local police station. And why? Because it wasn't just a meme. This kid had posted some pretty aggressive things threatening to shoot up his school. And yes, I think that in this time that we're a little bit on edge about school shootings, we police need to be proactive when it comes to these types of threats being made. So the whole thing ended up getting debunked, and she's still at it. She's still at it. She's still, well, listen, I, she's making excuses. She goes, well, listen, here's a video of him being taken away. And, and I'll tell you what it looks like is at the police station, which is common because they're not going to keep the kid at the station. They're going to take him to juvenile hall. So then, of course, people are chiming in, yes, that's that's standard procedure. The, the, the kid is questioned at the station and taken you know, taken into custody, 
and taken to a separate facility because he's a minor. This, this is, and, and I, I'll tell you, the biggest takeaway of it, of course, is that everyone on the left jumped all over this. It was a get DeSantis thing. It was, oh my goodness, DeSantis is a Nazi. This is what it's like living in Florida. And it just reminded me, by the way, it reminded me of, of just how beautifully effective DeSantis was uh, in this whole thing. I, <laughs> well, I remember when it was playing out because I, you remember COVID, right? It wasn't that long ago. And what was the, there was back then, we know a lot more now, but back then there was a genuine interest in whose strategy would play out better. Would a, would a place like California, which was very aggressive in its approach to lockdowns, would it fare better than a place like Florida, which opened for business, reopened for business very early on, allowed people to go outside, go on beaches, etc.? Uh, you know, and which, which strategy would prevail? Now, I listen, I and many of you knew what was going to happen here. We understood the value of allowing people, particularly as the weather is warming up, the importance of people going outside, getting fresh air, getting vitamin D, all this stuff. And, of course, the data now came in, and we know uh, that uh, some differences, but um, overall, the California strategy did not pay off. But it was in the middle of this fight when things were still unclear that this this gal did a lot of damage. I remember she came out and she accused DeSantis of, of basically a fraud of people within the government hiding statistics, underreporting deaths, etc. And the consequence of it was that every liberal newspaper in the country, every left-wing media pundit jumped all over it and ran with the story. And what they didn't realize... And they still don't realize, because by the way, they jumped all over her story here of her son getting dragged off for making a harmless meme. I saw somewhere that the uh, Miami Herald was forced to retract its headline, change its headline, where it <laughs> yes, yes, it referred to the kid getting arrested for a meme. A lot more to it, obviously. Uh, but the media jumps all over these people and uses, and, they have, and even after her credibility was so... I mean, just obviously uh, invalidated that this woman is still being taken seriously. By the way, I saw this story. I don't know. You saw So she had this. Well, when it was all coming out about Rebecca Jones, it turned out that she'd been kicked out of a, her university job because she was working at the time with, for the Florida Department of Health as a scientist uh, and public health officer. And she was working on the, on the COVID dashboard. That was her, her, her gig. But she apparently had been fired before that in back in 2017 from, from Florida State University when she was a PhD student and instructor. She was having an affair with her student. And this is, <laughs> did you see this, Robbie? She was fired for the affair and she had, she was charged with stalking him and threatening him with revenge porn. And then she apparently wrote a 342-page manifesto about their sex life. 
Now, she posted at least 60 of those pages, um, and, uh, and this, this, this lady's bananas. And yet the left continues, continues to take her seriously and jump all over this stuff. What <laughs> Unbelievable. I saw it all last night unfold before my eyes. I go, this, I don't believe her. I know she's a nut, and this is where we're headed. Now, there was another case, and I have it here in my stack of stuff uh, yesterday, Colorado, I uh, had a kid that was arrested for making some very significant threats to uh, do, do harm to schools. Now, the story here is, uh, is pretty significant, and I'll tell you, where is it? This is what happens. I, ah, perfect. Now, we're not going to name the kid, but apparently this is a transgender student who wrote a communist manifesto and was arrested in Colorado for planning mass shootings at schools and at churches in the area. Their arrest was made public yesterday. I guess this thing had gone down sometime late March. It was just days after a transgender terrorist, who we also will not name, massacred six people, including three children, at the private Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. So the 19-year-old, this person was 19, was charged with criminal attempt to commit murder in the first degree, criminal mischief, menacing interference with staff, faculty, or students of institutional, of educational institutions. It is very important that law enforcement take these things seriously, and they're doing it. But this story is not getting widespread press attention because the narrative, they are, they are refusing to touch the fact, the motives, the hate crime motivations behind these attackers and would-be attackers. And that's the part of this that really rankles me. Now, I'm going to take a quick break here so we get through this properly. We, it's all part of the story. You know, the, the, if you ask... Liberals out there, and you say you, you talk to them about the shooting in Nashville. You try this, try this with some 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 of your friends on the left, and see what they tell you. They'll, uh, you know, your friends are reasonable, so they may they may they, they'll condemn the person, of course, but they will they'll start to make excuses because the narrative, right? The narrative is is if you don't, if you're not fully on board with the trans agenda, all hell can break loose. And by the way, you're harming your hurting these people, you're getting in their way. And I even even some prominent leftists now are questioning all this, this stuff. Like, what more can we as a society do to accommodate people that have this issue? And at what point is what we have done enough? And then I would add to that, at what point do we go too far in accommodating folks uh, with whatever uh, thing that they might possibly be struggling with. All right, let me take a quick break. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, yes, yes, I'm here, don't worry. The What's Right Show continuing here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajovsky, 
your favorite cisgender radio host, my toxic masculinity spilling over the airwaves. <laughs> well, listen, Bill Maher, I don't know if I'd describe Bill as being a uh, toxic masculinity or anything like that, but he's starting to sound reasonable, and this is an old-school liberal guy. Just, when was this, a couple days ago? Maher gets up, and he's talking about, this was a week ago. This was a week ago. He's asking, what else, what else do these trans activists want from us? This is in the context of the, uh, ultimately what was canceled, the Trans Day of Vengeance, where I guess the the folks, uh, trans people, the T's, uh, from the LGBT crowd, we're going to go out there and we're we're going to shout and scream and punch and kick and 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 make themselves heard. But Mar, again, an established old school left wing guy, says it perfectly when on his show he wonders what do they really want? What's this all about? By the way. I have an answer for this. Can you imagine any other group in this country announcing a day of vengeance in their name, what the reaction would be? I just want to ask the trans people, what are we doing or what should we be doing that we're not doing? I asked my staff, I said, you know, I mentioned the thing you just said, that yes, June of 2020, the Supreme Court ruled that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 applies to discrimination also based on gender identity and sexual orientation. I said, but I know Biden has done other stuff. I got four pages of stuff the Biden administration has done, and maybe they're all deserving. But I'm just saying, I, I, sometimes I just don't know. This is the like it's a, It seems like a power game with them. This we can the- make you do this and this. That's exactly what it is. It's a power game. And it's the heckler's veto. We talk about this all the time here. They want to control the narrative, and it's not just about what you know equipment you have in your pants, which at the end of the day, to me, is a relatively meaningless thing, right? Some people have got you know one, one you know thing. Somebody else has a different thing. We're all humans. We're all in this society together. But you'll notice how closely this trans thing is married to radical left-wing ideology, economic theory, etc. See, what they're doing is they're pushing a radical leftist agenda on us and then turning around and saying, oh, wait, 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 Sam, you can't criticize this because if you criticize these transsexual people, you're transphobic. This is exactly what went down this week. There was a, you know this Riley Gaines uh, gal? She's the swimmer, competitive swimmer, who uh, has been speaking out about trans women in sport competing. Basically, biological men, dudes, competing against girls. And, you know, in most cases, these, these gals are... Well, as women, they were not competitive. They were not in the upper echelon in the women's category. And then, excuse me, as men, they were not in the upper echelon. And then as women, they competing as women, they they, they clean, cleaning up. So Riley Gaines goes and speaks at uh, San Francisco State University. She goes into the, into the belly of the beast. 
and uh, talks about saving women's uh, saving women's sports. And this is what happens. Uh, if there's, by the way, if there's any doubt that these people are mentally ill, all you have to do is listen to that clip or watch it. Because what you see, and by the way, terrifying, she gets punched twice. She gets assaulted and she gets chased out of the room. Because you're not allowed to question this ideology. Then there's a, a moment here of, I'll, I'll play this for you here in a second. It appears, they appear to be demanding money from her and others in the room for to be let go. Tell her to pay us. Tell her to pay us and then she can go. Ten bucks each. Because you probably got paid for this so we could get paid for it too. Sounds like they're saying, hey, pay us $12 for each person in the room that's holding her hostage in this room pay us and we'll let you go by the way this is a uh, uh, imprisonment kidnapping technically uh, we'll see if the city of san francisco county there the government the da files charges against any of these criminals we know san francisco is doesn't like being told that they aren't tough on crime after a prominent tech executive was murdered on the street in a in a quote unquote relatively safe part of town they're bristling at the notion that uh, maybe San Francisco is not safe uh, let's see if any of these people are prosecuted and the answer of course is they will not be even though on tape right here I can d- deliver to you evidence of a crime that in California can result in 10 years or more in, in, in state prison it is a double standard. But this is, they're collecting political clout. They have more political clout. This is to answer Bill Maher's question. What do they want? They have more political clout and power than a former president of the United States. A guy like Donald Trump, former president, billionaire, is pers- persecuted for for technical violations of the law, and that's me being, at the very best, generous about how to describe it. What's, what's true power? Being able to get away with criminal activity, being able to get your way, being able to shut people up, being able to control the narrative. This lobby of people has become very powerful. And the problem is that Bill Maher and his fellow married band of Democrats have empowered them by giving in to all of this nonsense. Enough is enough. We got to put our foot, you know, foot down on this. It's, it's, it's getting weird out there. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, there's more on this. And by the way, those threats by that trans kid that was arrested, they're terrifying. They're absolutely terrifying. And yet again, the White House is silent on it. Will not condemn. Will not do any of that. 
All right. We'll be back in a moment. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, your home for common sense conservatism, 1 to 3 p.m. here on the station. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Greetings, friends. Welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Here we go. Uh, This was interesting because, of course, on the heels of news that Anheuser-Busch Bud Light uh, signed up uh, trans activist Dylan Mulvaney to represent them. Uh, Mulvaney, 26, earlier announced the partnership, the paid partnership, promotional partnership in a series of videos posted on social media. Uh, We've then found out there was also a deal with Nike. So Nike, um, that, by the way, prompted a response from Caitlyn Jenner. Now, you know Caitlyn Jenner, she's a prominent a transgender activist person. But at the same time, to me at least, I'm struck by the fact that that Jenner has been very cautious about the extreme nature of the transgender movement. Jenner, by the way, has started a, you know, this has a political action committee, Fairness First. Uh, This is, uh, the PAC apparently is, uh, the mission of it is to fight radical gender ideology, put parental rights at the forefront of education, and to keep boys out of women's sports. Imagine if Bruce Jenner had transitioned earlier and became Caitlyn earlier when he was a athlete. <laughs> I mean, Bruce Jenner was a competitor. I mean, he was a, 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 a tremendous athlete. Imagine what he could have done in, uh, in, in women's sport. So Caitlyn Jenner's out there criticizing this, uh, really doesn't uh, pushing back on this Dylan Mulvaney uh, paid ambassador sponsorships of Nike. Uh, Jenner tweeted frustrations, and uh, her frustrations saying, as someone that grew up in awe of what Phil Knight did, it is a shame to see such an iconic American company go so woke. We can be inclusive but not at the expense of a mass majority of people and have some decency while also being inclusive. This is an outrage. So part of this, um, you know, it's going to take, friends, it's going to take people on their side of this issue to be reasonable. Like the Bill Maher clip, I I, I continue coming back to Bill Maher because it's indicative. I grew up with Bill Maher being to the left of left of every issue. Now, Bill Maher, you would think, is moderating himself. That's not the case. That's not what's going on here. Their side, the left, has gone so far over the cliff and has become so radical that they're leaving behind leftists that are staying true to their their belief system They're not moving. They're just moving relative to where the Democratic Party is going. Now, speaking of where the party is headed, we have uh, the Biden administration uh, still absolutely delusional 
on the issue of trans kids and will not condemn the school shooter in Nashville, will not call it a hate crime. I played this clip earlier in the week. I'm going to refresh your minds. This happened uh, days ago where Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked um, uh, was asked about the trans shooter and if it was, in fact, a hate crime. Uh, I'll play this again just to refresh your minds. This is... This is right now what's going on in the in the Biden administration White House. Former Vice President Pence said that if the shooter who killed six people uh, in that Christian school in Tennessee was motivated motivated by a hatred towards Christians, that the crime should be categorized as a hate crime. I'm wondering what the president thinks of that kind of designation. It's not for us to decide. It's not for us to decide. Yet these are people first on the scene with with hate, 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 hate crime when it's a conservative accused of doing something. So along the same vein, Karine Jean-Pierre earlier this week said that LGBT kids need to fight back. And this is important because This is what's being alleged, right? That the school shooter in Nashville and then a second suspect arrested, uh, turns out at the end of March, but we're just learning about it now, uh, wrote a communist manifesto, was arrested with guns, apparently was planning school shootings, is out in Colorado. A big story. A part of this being a transgender person and that this was part of a, uh, well, the targets, you tell me, the targets were churches and schools. So a transgender person's threatening up to blow up some churches or shoot them up. I, I'm telling you, what possibly could be their motives? I don't know. And there's a manifesto. Media ignoring the story. So I think in that context, being asked about this stuff going on, Corinne Jean-Pierre is actually defending LGBTQIA kids. They need to be they, they need their right, they need to be able to fight back. More than 50% of transgender youth in the U.S., which is estimated to be more than 150,000 kids, live in states in which transgender youth have lost access to or at risk of losing access to gender-affirming care. Look, this is awful news. Let's be very clear about that. LGBTQI plus kids are resilient. They are fierce. They fight back. They're not going anywhere, and we have their back. This administration has their back. This administration fights for every minority, every victim, every group out there that is advancing leftism. The only people this administration doesn't give a rip about is you and I and the people actually paying taxes out there, working hard, raising our kids being husbands, being wives, being mothers, being fathers, grandparents, minding our own gosh damn business. This administration is so, I, I have no words for Karine Jean-Pierre. She is a moron, but she's reading this. This isn't an off-the-cuff statement. You heard it. This isn't her, you know, quickly kind of putting something, some word salad, Kamala special together. These are prepared remarks. This administration has the backs. By the way, LGBTQIA plus kids are not resilient by definition. 
No. They're confused about their gender identity is what they are. Now, we be compassionate about that? Absolutely. And do we rush them into, into gender-affirming care? Absolutely not. It is under the guise of what she is saying here that they believe that our kids should be allowed to transition and go through all this stuff and be affirmed in their confusion without our knowledge as parents. They believe healthy kids should have double mastectomies, have panectomies, be castrated. This is not okay. In no world is any of this okay. And we have to put our foot down on this. Folks, it's, it's, it's getting out of hand. I have said uh, from the beginning on this, on the trans issue, I, I'm, I'm telling you, what an adult wants to do is, is fine by me. I'm a little bothered, right, that you have to be 21 to buy alcohol. You have to be, uh, depending on the state, older than 18 to buy a gun in some cases. I think California is 21. Robbie, can you, can you check that? It's, you, you, there's, there are ages that you have to, you know, you have to be older than 18. So fine, but whatever that age, if you are, if you're not old enough to buy yourself your own Jack Daniels, then you are not old enough to decide that you need to have your junk cut off. I'm sorry. One of those is a far more grave and important decision in life. What's that? 21 in California. Yeah. To buy a gun. To handgun. I remember, by the way, the very first handgun I bought right when I turned 21. Bought an H&K USP9. My first gun. I went to the range, learned how to use it. Um... And then you can buy a lot. I think you're right. You're right. You're right about long guns. You can you can buy a rifle earlier, uh, but uh, but that's uh, that's that's that. Just telling you, there's there. This is so common sense to me. But if you question it, they show up. They they bang their pots and pans. They yell at you. They shout at you. They kick you. They scream. They they vandalize your property. They're terrorists, is what these people are. And the only way to fight terrorism is straight, dead on, right, you know, right at them. Do not back down. You give in to these people, they will, they will run, run over you over and over again. So again, to answer, uh, answer Bill Maher's question, what do they want? What do these people want? They want it all. It has nothing to do with gender. Trust me on this. All right, Sam Urchofsky, I'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The What's Right Show. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. You know, I forgot one important thing. When I asked... When Bill Maher asks, I should say it this way, when Bill Maher asks, what do they want? Referring to the trans radical gender terrorists out there with their day of rage that, by the way, had to be canceled because there were threats against them. Ah. So wait, they canceled their threats on us because there were threats against them. I, I'm lost in all this. But when he asked, what do they want? 
I said they want it all, but the one most important thing that they want is that they want our kids. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. They want our kids. When I was talking to a, a guy I know here in town who was a uh, LGBTQIA plus activist, when all of this trans surgery on kids was starting to come out, uh, I, I was, you know, it was funny. We had this conversation about it, and I said, no, this is, this is where I draw the line. I mean, this is where I draw the line. This is for me. This is not a. This is not up for discussion. Uh-uh. You can, if you want 18, 19, 20, you want to make a decision in your life, I always say, you know, 21, if you can't, if you can't drink alcohol, you shouldn't, you know, be able to lop your, your weenie off. But regardless, 18, you're an adult, do what you will, but leave the kids alone. And he goes, well, and he, by the way, he was the one, I'm not going to name this person, but uh, he's a guy around town here in Vegas who is a big LGBTQIA guy. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He goes, I just, whatever you do, he kind of respected where I was coming from. He, whatever you do, do not call us groomers. That was his, do not call us groomers. And I didn't bring it up. But I think bringing up sexual conversation with kids is grooming. I think schools that are complicit in handing out information on transitioning to kids without parental consent are complicit. I think people like Jeff Marsh and other adults that want to have private conversations with my kid are groomers. Hell yes, I do. By the way, refreshing your mind, who's Jeff Marsh? He's a trans activist, very popular on TikTok. Keep your kids off of social media, friends. Predators like this douchebag exist there. Hey, kids. Hi, kids. I want to talk to the kids. Hey, kids. <laughs> Hi, kids. Hey, kids. Hi. That's how he starts all of his videos. For children to see LGBTQ lives, your parents screwed up. If you need a family, you can come hang out with me. Yuck. This is so gross. By the way, my kids are good. Thanks, Jeff. By the way, your makeup looks disgusting. Can I say that? If you've seen this guy, I mean, it's like, it's like a trope. I mean, I, originally I thought it was, I, I thought it was a, 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 um, a some kind of a, 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 a joke. But what you have here is a garden variety sexual predator. Let Listen me tell to you this. something about LGBTQ rights, about trans rights. This is only going in one direction. You will respect us. You can be upset. You can be angry. You can think it's unfair. You can feel like we're stealing something from you. But it's still only going in one direction. You will respect us. Well, it's beyond creepy. By the way, I, I'm not, I'm not upset at this problem. First off, I think it's, there's a mental problem here. Uh, but what you can't have is you can't have my kids. They can't have our kids. They want our kids. They want that, and that's why parental rights right now is the number one leading issue in all of this. If my daughter 
is at school and claims, by the way, school my kids go to would, would never hide any of this from us. Absolutely not. But if my daughter goes to a, a woke school and goes to that school and has an eating disorder, they're going to tell me about it. If she hits her head on the playground and, and, and needs to go for medical treatment, they're going to tell me about it. But some of these schools are get, you know, hand, handing out information or even equipment in some cases to kids without parental consent. There was a, a lawsuit. I had it here. Oh, my goodness. Where is it? There was a lawsuit filed. Where is this, friends? Lack of organization on my part. I forgive. I Forgive me, please. I don't forgive myself. There was a, a lawsuit filed by a parent who was, whose daughter was given a chest binder in school. This happened, and it happens on a regular basis. I don't have it here in front of me. Which is why, by the way, there was a, uh, this back to the Bill Maher episode that I played a clip from. I'm going to play, a, I have it's got some clips to play from. Here's a, a, a guest that he had on, Virginia's Lieutenant Governor Winsome Earl Sears. Now, she is an absolute firecracker. I love this woman. And they're getting into the trans stuff, and they're getting into parental rights. And she says this. Here's the thing. I'm a parent. I'm a parent all day. I get to decide what happens in my child's life. Not you, not the government, not anybody. I don't co-parent. I had this child. I'm responsible <laughs> yeah. for this child. Anything yeah. happens to little Johnny, you're calling me, right? right? As you should. Right. right. So what I'm saying, hang on. So what I'm saying now is, if I don't want my child giving lap dances at school by a drag queen, I don't want it done. Right. That's happening. But do you if think the state should want, have the right? Do you think the state should have the right to I'm interfere? I'm talking about and, as a parent. Well, I am a parent. I mean, Forget the state. I'm a parent. Lap dance. Yeah, this yeah. is my child. I'm not I will make a decision I'm about what sh- happens with my child. I'm not sure lap dance. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This is so spot on. I have. I, I mean, I, just a major applause for this for this lady. And by the way, if you look at the episode, Bill Mars quite taken by her and 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 was persuaded. Because it's common sense. If I can accomplish any one thing here on this program, friends, is I need I, I have got to convince you that what is what they are calling radicalism and transphobia and and bigotry and all and racism and whatnot is is not. These are common sense approaches to life that have held true and and been followed for centuries. And these people are nothing more than than radical revolutionaries looking to reorganize society. And their vehicle for it is, the the flavor of the hour here is, 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 is this transgender ideology. It's baffling. And I... I, I, and it isn't. It really isn't at the end of the day. It's not baffling. It shouldn't be baffling because we, we ought to uh, absolutely uh, fight back against this. All right, when we come back uh, from the break, we, we have a great uh, guest with us. Uh, you're going to want to listen to him, Luis Valdez. He's a former school resource officer 
Uh, he's a cop, detective, uh, spent part of his career in law enforcement and schools. He is also the Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America, national spokesman for the organization. Great guy. We're going to talk about guns, school safety, Second Amendment, and common sense, which is what we do here on this program. You do not want to miss this. Stay tuned. Luis will be here with us live talking about this. This is, you know, we're we're living in a time where we need to double down and hold strong and not give an inch to these freaks. This person, because they, they're telling us exactly what they want to do. I'm playing it again. Let me tell you something about LGBTQ rights, about trans rights. This is only going in one direction. You will respect us. You can be upset. You can be angry. You can think it's unfair. You can feel like we're stealing something from you. But it's still only going in one direction. You will respect us. Yuck. I'll be back in a minute. Sam Rajofsky, The What's Right Show. News is up next. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the What's Right Show. Top of the hour here, which means, well, means another whole hour of hot sniggity goodness. Common sense conservatism delivered daily by me, Sam Rajofsky, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Now, friends, as promised, I have a, a special guest on the line. Uh, and I want to introduce you to him because I, I think when we're talking about these shootings and we're talking about gun violence in the U.S., uh, it's important to understand all the, all, all the factors. And the other side right now is taking, in my view, taking a – well, using these events to further their agenda that is uh, – that's a, that's a, there's a complex issue. So I've got here with us Luis Valdez – Luis Samarjovsky here. Glad to have you with us on the program. Luis, what do you do? Sam, thanks. First and foremost, thanks for having me on your show. And thank you for being a shining beacon of liberty in these dark and troubling times. So thanks for that. But what I do is very simple. I am the Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America. And I'm also a national spokesperson for our organization, which on the state level here in Florida, I yell at lawmakers for us to get better gun rights to get our Second Amendment rights restored. And on the national level, I educate my fellow citizens on the truth on what's going on on both the state and the federal level with our gun rights, no more, no less. And you're with a group called Guns of America. So this group, um, this group, gun, 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 gun Owners of America. Gun Owners of America, excuse me. Now, and, and, and so tell us about, because we know about the NRA, um, how are you different from the NRA? We are the only no-compromise gun rights organization, both in Washington, D.C., and on the state level. And by no compromise, very simple. We're not going to compromise. If, as a recovering California refugee yourself, you know exactly what compromising is. And I'm not saying you compromise, but you know what it is on, on, your, on the state level, where 
gun grabbers would be, well, you know, we're going to institute universal background checks, but we'll hold off on doing a, a complete magazine ban. You know, we're not going to sit there and be like, oh, okay, we'll take one for the other. No, we're going to fight tooth and nail to make sure none of it happens. Now, when it comes to these shootings, and I, I think, uh, obviously, I, I'm a, I'm a solutions-oriented person, right? So when, I, when there's a problem, I want to I find a, a solution that works. And my, my, my concern with these shootings is that what the other side is proposing, going after guns, I mean, it's, it's, it's not practical. It's not doable. It's never going to happen. Today, you could I, – I mean, tomorrow we could, we could w- erase the Second Amendment, wave a magic wand, and, and, and pr- proceed with a gun confiscation even, and it still wouldn't solve it. There would still be guns out there, and, and bad actors would have access to them. So my question is, you are a detective. You're a school resource officer. You – know this problem probably better than anybody. What's your take on it? What's your view on what an actual real solution here would be? The best solution is very simple. Arm our teachers and staff. And I say this as a former school resource officer. And the reason why I say this is because when seconds count, police are minutes to an hour away. As we saw both in Uvalde, Texas and in Parkland, Florida, You had law enforcement on scene that refused to take action. Now, my brothers and sisters that wear the badge in Tennessee, my hat's off to them. They did what they could with the time they had available. They got there and they took out the trash, but it still took them 10 minutes to get there. And in those 10 minutes, a lot of things happened. It's not, I'm not besmirching or belittling the officers that took action in Tennessee. It's just the, the matter of the truth. They have to respond. They have to drive through traffic. They have to get there. And even as a school resource officer, I was on campus. Most of our schools in most in our major metropolitan areas are vast, sprawling campuses. It could take me up to three minutes to run from one end of a campus to another. And even in those three minutes, a lot of things yeah, could happen. Yeah, you know, you're raising a really important point, which is, you know, I think some adults have forgotten how big high schools are. I mean, you can't... I'm thinking about my high school. My high school, for example, was a, 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 a huge campus with buildings, individual buildings that were spread out from, you know, one from the other. And if something was going down at one end, you know, in the, you know, in, in the, in the building over all, all the way on one side and the officer, because we did, we had, we had an, a, an officer assigned to our campus was on the other side. Uh, there's, there's no way that, that he could possibly get there um, w- within, within seconds. There's just no way. Um, let me ask you this, Luis, because I, I think you're, you're on to something here. There is a reason why, in my view, these mass shootings happen in places where guns are forbidden. Right, so we have these gun-free zones. This is the thing that the left does. It makes them feel good. They put the label on it. All of a sudden, it's safe because somebody put up a placard that said you can't have a gun here. And of course, somebody who's on a suicide mission is not necessarily following the rules. So my question is, what deterrent effect does it have, in your view, on these campuses if there was a belief, knowledge, that these teachers in the classroom or that some teachers at the very least on campus were carrying firearms. 
Oh, it would be a great deterrent. I mean, criminals are predators, and you said it best. You know, the idea of slapping a sign on a building is going to deter criminals laughable. Because last I checked, murder has been a codified act that has been illegal going all the way back to Hammurabi, for Christ's sake. So the idea that you have a sign that will say, no, 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 you can't carry a gun here. When someone wants to commit murder, it's not going to stop them. What stops them is people having the ability to fight back. And the Tennessee shooter is sadly a good example of that because her first target was a harder target where more people were armed. Yeah, tell us and about so that because started. we're not talking about that enough. You know, she, she apparently did scope out another school. Yeah, she scoped out another school. Apparently it was a harder target. So she went to the private school, which was an easier, softer target. And, and that is the thing. Yeah, I, th- I think what happened was that she saw that there were, there, was, there were officers there on scene. There was some security on campus, visible security, in it, and, and she turned around and, and went, went to, the, to the Lutheran school. It's very, you know, it's, uh, it was awful. I, but, but again, it, it, it speaks to the fact that you, you, this is the one solution that immediately solves the problem. If you can secure a school... You're not going to – these kids are not just sitting ducks. These teachers are not sitting ducks. I mean, can you imagine if you're in that classroom, if you're in Uvalde and you've got the 30 cops out in the hallway that are, that are terrified of going in and you've got a guy going door to door and, you know, picking people off. I mean, it had to go through their minds. The terror in that moment, this is a rural Texas area. These people, I, I bet some of these teachers, if they could – have had weapons in the classroom they would have but we're we're stuck in this mentality where we where we where we don't want guns in school and so consequently the only people that have the guns are the people that are going to the schools to do to do harm you hit the nail right on the head bad people do bad things we use firearms to protect our elected officials and our banks why don't we use firearms to protect our most precious of resources our children and I say this as a father. I have a, I have a toddler. I have a daughter that I would be more secure. I would feel safe knowing that the school she's going to be going to, if the teachers were armed, if the staff were armed, because we entrust these schools to, to teach our children, to care for our children. And as we saw in Parkland, you had school staff literally use their bodies as human shields to protect the kids that were entrusted under them, wouldn't it have been better if we entrusted those staff members to fight back? Not just use their bodies and give their lives to protect others, but to fight back. So there are groups that are out there that are, uh, well, very dedicated to eliminating all guns and ending the Second Amendment and its privileges. I don't think will be successful, but they're making inroads in curtailing Second Amendment rights. One of the things that fascinates me, though, is how this uh, – I have a clip I want to run by. If you can just hang on here for a few more minutes, um, I'm, I'm going to – we have to take a quick break. But I want to get into this because when people ask me why I am a conservative, I always say that it's because I believe in personal responsibility, right? I think the buck stops with me. As a man, as a father, as a husband, 
I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for my family, for the, my kids, right? I'm responsible when it comes to my, my, my house to make it a safe place and to make it a nice place. I have a, I have a, you know, a business, a building uh, that I own downtown in Las Vegas that is in an up-and-coming part of town. I have a responsibility, personal responsibility, to make my corner of the city beautiful. I don't walk around saying, what can the city do to make this place more beautiful? I, it starts with me. And my problem with, the, with a lot of these left-wing activists is that they, they don't want to take any personal responsibility for what's behind these shootings, what's the actual cause of these shootings. So if you can hang on, please, with me through the break. I'm going to take a quick, quick time out here and hold on to you, if I may. Because I want to get into well, this. This is this. I think this is where it what it all boils down to. Ultimately, does that work, Luis? Can we hold on to you? Yep. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, friends. Sam Rajovsky here. You're listening to the What's Right Show. We've got uh, our good friend here, Luis Valdez, Gun Owners of America, former police officer and detective, also a national spokesman for his group, and um, the Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America. Uh, Great to have you with us. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamAndAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Yeah, you found us. News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajovsky here. You're listening to the What's Right Show on the phone with us. And we want to get to this in the minutes remaining here before the bottom of the hour. We have Luis Valdez, national spokesman uh, and Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America. He's a former police officer and detective, uh, spent part of his career in, uh, in, in as a school resource officer. Uh, so this... Uh, Luis, you know, and by the way, welcome back to the program. Great to have you with us. Uh, you know school safety inside and out. You're familiar with it, and at the same time, you're a patriot and a Second Amendment guy supporting our rights, uh, constitutional right to bear arms. So in in this context here, right before the break, we were talking about, you know, this this argument to, to you know, disarm America as the one and only solution to school shootings, which I think is total bunk. And there was a a, a piece that some guy went around a, a rally. Moms Demand Action, I think, is the group, and you're familiar with those uh, folks. They're they're uh, arguing basically for for total gun control. I mean, that's what they want, and that's their one and only solution. And then people tell me, Sam, well, you're you're kind of exaggerating that. It's not their one and only solution. But when you talk to the rank-and-file people, this is what you get. And he went around asking people at a rally in Nashville. He asked them to condemn the transgender shooter who, who killed three kids and three adults at that school. Now, we have taken this clip, and we've, we've uh, beeped out the name. We, do, we, don't, we're not, we don't give any notoriety to mass shooters. So we forgive there's some, some beeping here. Whenever it's the beep, it's the name of the killer. And I want to, I want, Lewis, please listen to this clip if you can, and I want your reaction to it. I have a petition here to condemn the Nashville transgender shooter and just acknowledge that she had mental health issues. Could you sign that? No. Do you condemn all specifically, though? No. Why? I don't know her. So you no longer condemn Do not talk to them. Do 
I condemn the guns that she had. You don't condemn her? No. I condemn the society and the guns. This is a this is an ideology. So you don't condemn for killing six people? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I condemn the guns. Luis, what's your reaction? My reaction is one of heartache and sadness for these people because the mad mommies are just clearly mentally deficient and broken. Um, They are blaming inanimate objects and not deranged killers, not violent individuals that want to hurt our most precious of resources, our most innocent citizens, our children. You know, the fact that they say, I blame the gun, shows you that they have their own ideology. And their ideology isn't of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness and securing our rights and our freedoms for ourselves and our future generations. They're all about government control. And, you know, you said it best. You are a recovering California refugee. You yourself have seen what government control and government gun control does. Because last I checked, California has universal background checks. They have an assault weapons ban. They have a magazine capacity ban. They have restrictive carry uh, uh, permitting systems. They have a a ton of gun-free zones. They have a permitting purchase system to where you have to take a test to simply purchase a plan. And do criminals follow any of that? No. And yet that's exactly what they want on a national level. And their deranged belief is that if they institute this, it will make us safer. When in reality, the safest states in the country with the lowest amount of crimes are constitutional carry states that have permitless open and concealed carry with the least amount of gun-free zones. Why? Because criminals are predators and predators prey on the weak. If you look on the plains of Africa, does the lion go after the, the tough zebra? No, it goes after the weak zebra in the herd. But what does the herd do? The herd protects the weak ones. And it's no different than what we need to do with our schools. We need to arm our teachers and our staff so we could protect our children from the deranged killers that Moms Demand Action in Tennessee refuses to denounce. Yeah, I, I know. This and and the you know the the biggest problem I have with this obviously is there's no personal responsibility taken by any of these parents who themselves may be part of the problem, right? Because, you know, we didn't have, I talk about this all the time. I I can remember a time my wife, for example, grew up in in Utah, and it was very common for kids in high school to bring guns to school. They kept them locked up in the car. Her brothers, for example, would go shooting and hunting after school. There were guns everywhere. Why didn't any of these people go in and blow, blow their classmates away? Well, I don't know. Their parents, you know, their parents were together, parents, mom and dad in the home. You know, there were a lot fewer drugs being given to kids. Parents back then wanted to parent their children and 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 raise them and didn't outsource that to pharmaceutical drugs. You know, there was a lot less the self-esteem movement, you know, didn't oh my gosh, no matter what you do, you're always the best. All of this stuff to me is is a cause and so you've got these you got these deranged libs out there running around pointing the finger at guns it's the guns it's the guns it's the guns have always been here the guns have always been here what's changing is how we are raising our kids in this me 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 culture parents wanting to have time for themselves and 
you know, and, and frankly, not investing time in their kids. And then, then these kids go off the rails. Now, I, I, I know I want to, before we got a couple minutes here and I, I want to get to this, Louis says, very important. What do, what do my listeners, what do I need to know about what's going on right now in the country legis, legislatively uh, and also legally, if there are any big court cases moving through the system that, that we need to be aware of, of and support? Well, legislatively, you have uh, Representative Thomas Massey of uh, Kentucky. He introduced uh, a bill to repeal the Federal Gun-Free Zone Act. And it's a great bill, but as we know right now, the Senate, the Dems control the Senate, so it's going to be a hard fight, and we know probably what's going to be the end result. But the fact that he has introduced this legislation is a good thing. And we need to support this bill because we need to send a message to the rhinos in D.C., that we, the American people, support this. So even though it might not pass this session, we have an election year coming up, and we could very well flip control of the Senate also. So we need to send a strong message to our Republican rhinos in D.C. that this that we want to repeal the Federal Gun-Free School Zone Act, that we want to be able to carry around our schools and that our staff and teacher could carry in our schools so in a moment's notice we – the self-responsible could protect our children. And as for court cases, yeah. there's so many to list. I, I can't give you a, a quick. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm up against the bottom of the hour here. When we come back, I'm going to, I'm going to have your website for people to find you and all that information, but I really appreciate you being with us. Thanks for joining us. Friends, Sam Rajovsky here. Got to run the what's right show. We'll be back in just a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam Rachofsky here, bottom of the hour. Yeah, that was a very interesting segment, a couple of segments uh, with Luis uh, Valdez, national spokesman and Florida state director for Gun Owners of America, uh, former police officer, detective, and school resource officer talking about gun safety uh, safety in schools. I, I tell you, uh, it's, uh, too bad you missed this during the break. I think we need to have him back on to discuss this. But one thing I learned about Luis here uh, talking uh, during the break was that he is a first-generation Cuban a refugee. Uh, parents came from Cuba, and so we have a similar background. It's, it's I, I know you guys have heard my story before, but you know that uh, my 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 one of my most formative events in my life occurred when, at ten years old, I traveled back to Prague uh, to the uh, what is now the Czech Republic was then uh, Czechoslovakia, the newly liberated uh, Soviet former Soviet Republic of Czechoslovakia, and seeing it weeks after the fall of the Bolshevik regime. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a 10-year-old, you know, I'm, I, I'm, four, I'm a fourth grader. I, I'm, you know, growing up at the time in Irvine, California, suburbs, beautiful, everything's manicured, the grass is perfect, all that stuff. And all of a sudden, I, I'm in, when, when this entire revolution's going down, I'm, I'm in Europe, I am in Switzerland, which if you've ever been to Switzerland, it doesn't get more perfect than that. It's gorgeous. I get on the train, 
and I travel, take the night train to Prague, I get out of, out of the train in Prague, and it is, it is a third-world country. The poverty is unbelievable. And it, it, it was in those you know, years, that event, and the years that followed that I, I understood what socialism is. Socialism is you turn over your personal responsibility for anything to the state. The state will take care of you. The state, the state has your back. The state's got it. You don't have to worry about anything. You're always going to have a job. You're always going to get a paycheck whether you do the work at your job or not. And as a consequence, no one's working because the motives only you know, I guess doing good and helping out and being a productive, you know, Soviet citizen, a, a proper comrade, that, that only motivates a handful of people. The rest of people are lazy. I go into stores. These are stores that could go on for, for ages. I go into a store and, and there was nothing on the shelves and there was a stock in the back of the store and I, I poke my head and, you know, I'm, at this point it's like a, a return trip a year later. It was still going on because it, it, it didn't, shift to a fully, you know, free market system overnight. And I go to the store and the store is government owned. A lady was sitting there reading a magazine and there was stock in the back of the room. And, and there was, and guess what? She just didn't care. She says, oh, I'll get to it. I'll stock the shelves tomorrow. I said, well, do you mind if I, if I, I see the thing I want is over there in the back. I can, I can see it from here. She's like, no, no, no I can't sell it to you. It's, it's not on the shelf yet. Basically, F off. <laughs> An entire country run that way. And so what I was mentioning earlier about personal responsibility and why I am a conservative, why this is my, my thinking is, is, you know, again, we're, we are responsible, folks, for ourselves. We are responsible for our families, men, if you have kids, you are a father. Now, I don't want to be uh, overstate the obvious here. Of course, you're a father, but you've got to be a father with a capital F. By the way, you're not their friend. You're not their amigo. You're not their, you know, playground buddy. Once in a while, my kids don't do it anymore because they've learned, but once in a while, you know, my kids would get a little. Um, rude to me you know they say something to me like you know try they were funny you know my they're pushing you know, my kids are are humorous two of them are very funny and so they would say something to me and i would say i think you're forgetting that i'm your father and not one of your friends on the playground and i would just let it sit and you could just see the fear in their eyes you know and because it it's important your, your kids need to respect you you need to earn that respect, but you also have to demand it. And you have to be there for your kids. I can't tell you how many of our problems that we have in society today are the results are the result of parents abdicating their parental responsibilities. Letting the school, letting teachers be the most important uh, uh, figure, uh, adult figure in, in the kids' lives. They're not the teachers aren't important, but they, they are. But your kids, they're your kids. 
I know these crazy leftists want to educate your kids. They want the village to raise their kids. They're your kids. You have to, you have to play the role of, of educator. You have to teach your kids values. You have to teach your kids self-worth. And by the way, you don't do that last part, the self-worth part, by, by praising them for things that aren't accomplishments. You don't praise your kids for showing up. You don't say, oh, good job on that C-. minus." If you know your kid is capable of an A, you praise them for an A. You praise them when they put in the effort. You praise them for results. Having it too easy is one of the one of the one of the worst things that happens in a society when 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 things are good when there's when there's money when there's two cars in the garage and a color TV and plenty of food in the fridge vacations all of that stuff and when you look at these kids that shoot up schools i mean a lot of them are are from well to do families and i'll tell you when you start reading into the details of the family you got maybe there's a divorced parent or parents parents that are both working fine okay my parents, they both worked, but they made time for us. They disciplined us, my sister and I. They raised us to be decent people. They taught us right from wrong. I had so many friends growing up in the 80s and 90s, early 90s. I remember it. The parents were, were just like, yeah, whatever, do whatever you want to do because the parents were busy doing their own thing. That's tough. The kid was going crazy, you know, climbing the walls or whatever. Oh, we got to medicate them. School psychologist. I, I, I mean, I, I have stories for, for days about this. And you all experience similar things. We've, you know, it's, if you grew up like me during this time, you, you have no doubt had friends whose parents basically uh, ignored them, didn't care, let them do whatever. Back then, by the way, you might have even been a little bit jealous of that friend because... They didn't have the same accountability at home that you did. But guess what? How are those people doing now as adults? Well, some of them maybe found a way to move forward, and, and, and many did, but some didn't. And so that's the part that really just bothers me when you hear these crazy moms demanding action, gun control, all this stuff. It's the guns, and they do not want to condemn the shooter. And that's, that's, the, that's the problem. And, and, and this ignorance goes all the way to the top of this country now with the Biden administration refusing to call this a hate crime, refusing to... Uh, out of fear of offending, the, of all things, the trans people. We want to get into this. It's maddening. All right, friends, what happens when you are a Trump supporter in Palo Alto? Palo Alto, by the way, in California, part of the Silicon Valley. This is funny. I got to play this clip for you from a news story, a local news story up in the Bay Area. <laughs> You're going to love this. Sam Marjofsky, don't go anywhere. You're listening to The What's Right Show. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve lawyers that share your values. 
Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. All right. This is hilarious. There's a guy in Palo Alto that is still wearing a Trump hat. You know, the red MAGA hat. He's got this hat on. It, <laughs> and they did a news story on him. This is the best part. They follow this guy around. I love everything about this. Uh, this guy, by the way, absolutely fearless. His, uh, they don't share his uh, last name. His name is Victor. And um, here's an exchange with a reporter uh, there in the Bay Area about what it's like uh, being, um, well, wearing a red hat around town. America's still a free country, right? Victor I mean, F. is a 74-year-old Trump supporter who lives in Palo Alto. He casually went about his business today, still sporting the red MAGA hat that prompted a loud confrontation with a woman at a Palo Alto Starbucks two days ago. This crazy woman came over, started raving at me. She turned to the rest of Starbucks. Hey, everybody, here's this racist here. He hates brown people. He's crazy. He's a, a Nazi and so forth. The woman, Rebecca Parker Mankey, then began taking photos and posting about it on her Facebook, saying she was going to shame him, get him fired. <laughs> so this lady, this deranged lunatic, and by the way, in the video, it's exactly as you would imagine. Purple hair, uh, nose piercings, uh, just uh, has abandonment issues, no doubt, uh, along with just general mental de deficiencies. Nonetheless, starts ranting at him. And says, uh, you know, wants to find out where this guy's 74 years old, by the way. This is, she's yelling at an old guy, which I think is, um, I just profoundly disrespectful. I mean, you just, you listen, no, no respect. And, and, and he's yelling at him. And uh, then uh, as the story progresses, apparently she wants to get him fired, but it turns out to blow up in her face. In fact, the opposite happened. People started harassing Parker Mankey's family and her employer, Griffin Stringed Instruments, where she worked as an accountant. The store owner decided to fire her after he read her Facebook post. Victor wears a yarmulke underneath his MAGA hat. He is Jewish, and so to him, being called a Nazi is hurtful. People with an education should know better than to say stupid things like that. Well, this is the problem, of course. Victor understands that when it comes to the left, it's an emotional reaction. This is the same thing as when, um, when, when you had all those, those people shouting down uh, the, 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 um, the swimmer we talked about last hour. Riley Gaines gets ambushed. They're yelling at her, calling her a hater and this and that. It's, listen, it's, it's, um, it's, it's crazy. So you've got a guy who is a Jewish man, 74 years old, in Palo Alto, California, deep, deep in liberal territory, goes to a Starbucks in Palo Alto. He's got a yarmulke underneath his Trump hat. <laughs> and uh, a, a person who has no idea about history, who is too stupid to know up from down, starts yelling at him saying that he's a racist and a Nazi. 
and she wants to get him fired, posts all these things on social media, ultimately resulting in her own termination from working at some instrument store. I'm going to ask a question here. Do you rant? Do we do this as conservatives? I mean, do we find do we find somebody somebody's got a bumper sticker on their car, Biden Harris? I mean, I know what I think when I see that sticker, right? I mean, what do you think? I think, oh my gosh, how this is the 33% that think he's deserving of re-election. I mean, I think this person has put the sticker on their car and must have put on super glue because there is no way that this person be willing to still have a bumper sticker supporting Biden. Um, that's what I think. But at no point would it cross my mind to start honking and yelling at them in traffic. If I'm at my, I mean, I have a coffee shop here near my office, downtown Las Vegas. It's got a lot of, Different people, we probably don't share the same political views, and they they wear stuff that aligns them with the other side of issues. I would never start yelling at somebody in a coffee shop. But the reason this is happening is that the American media establishment, the left-wing drive-bys, they have made this idea that conservatives are in fact Nazis in their parlance and are not deserving of of a place in polite society they have pushed this so aggressively and they've pushed it on folks like this lady Rebecca Parker Mankey who are not bright enough to discern that they're being manipulated that it's absurd that don't want to think critically about anything, that just take what they hear from MSNBC or wherever they get their news and, uh, and, and, and run with it. And in fact, unfortunately, creates, I, I mean, puts these people at a, a tremendous disadvantage in society, right? As people are running around, they've, MSNBC told them that, that Republicans and MAGA people are Nazis. Trump is, a, Trump is basically Hitler. And so they, they believe they're fighting Hitler. And then it costs her her job because sooner or later, somebody who is somewhat reasonable goes, you know what, yelling at a 74-year-old retired Jewish man, calling him a Nazi is not okay. When we talk about the harm that the media does, It doesn't get any more straightforward and basic when you distill it down than this scenario. It doesn't. And it's the reason why we we need to fight against it. It's the reason why we need to, we need to, we we need to shout back. So I'm, I'm just telling you, this is, this is a big, uh, this is a, this is a big issue. It's, um, it's, um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll tell you. I know, I, I'm, I don't know, sorry, somebody's trying to call me. This is what happens when I have an office at the, uh, show at the office. Somebody, I'm on the radio right now. Robbie, tell them I'm busy. <laughs> Leave me alone. Not during, between one and three, I am occupied. 
We have to treat people with respect. We have to treat people kindly. I, you know, I, I have friends that are – be friends with people who are on the other side of issues. It's interesting. It makes for great conversation. It makes, um, it makes for, for better understanding of issues. Maybe occasionally we can persuade people on the other side, but you do not persuade anybody you're right by, by yelling at them. That is a fact of life. And one of the things that I, I love about being a lawyer is that I, I can get into a case and I can, I can get into the facts of it and I can craft arguments and I can, I can move the needle for somebody, and I enjoy that. And that's why I enjoy talking about politics because I think you can get into the issues and come up with arguments and, and present your arguments and potentially persuade people. It's very important to do. And it's very important, by the way, circling back to the question of kids, to do this at home at the dinner table. If you do not educate your kids about what's right in this world, friends, they will be – They will the, the high school teachers out there, I mean even earlier, middle school, elementary school, high school teachers, their professors in college, for the most part, 98%, 99% – Socialists, they will raise your kids. They will teach them about economics. I remember when I went to law school, my professors, property professors, uh, my 1L year, uh, basically said, you're going to, as you start learning about the law, you're going to have these little thought bubbles pop up over things. You're going to see, you know, you're going to see two properties next to each other, two buildings, and go, oh, I wonder if there's an easement. I wonder if there's a... You know, there's a, there's a right-of-way. You're going to think about those things now as you begin to learn the law. And what I want to do for my kids is I want thought bubbles to pop up over their heads of things I said at the dinner table and I asked them about and I questioned them on so that when the libs come at them with all this crazy stuff in school, in college, out and about their friends, they have thoughts that come up and go, you know, but my dad said, and then, you know, be able to maybe think a little bit more independently. And that's something that I think is achievable. Friends, I got to run. It's time. The show's over. I don't know. I'll be, I'll be back again. Don't worry. You know, you know the schedule. One to three, Monday to Friday, right here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Thank you for listening to The What's Right Show. Mm-hmm.